This week's guest is Sydney Kendall, who joins us from warm and sunny Phoenix, Arizona. Kendall got her start in the industry while still in high school and worked her way through fast food and chain restaurants, fine dining, sports and dive bars, and cocktail lounges. Currently, Kendall is the beverage director for True Color Concepts in Phoenix, where she oversees the bar program for their sip and coffee locations, 36 Below, and the Rose Garden. Kendall also teaches meditation and breath work with intuitive readings. We have a great interview with Kendall as we discuss the growth and synergy between her two careers. Enjoy the show. Okay, we're back with another episode of the Industry Podcast. I am Kip. This is Dan. Dan, what's happening? Well, you know, still hanging out, being awesome. Enjoyed mm-hmm. a nice long weekend yep. uh, from work, so that was kind of nice to get away from the usual, you know, what work's all about. Listen to people bitch. Did so you, what about yourself? Are you one of those people who got Monday off too? Or No, no. no we just had uh, here in Ontario, we only have the Friday off, whereas all my coworkers in Europe had today off. Oh. You? Yeah, I spent the whole day with fire safety guys in uh, Cambridge. So that, that was super like fun. Yeah. Just them testing the fire alarms over and over again to make sure they worked all through the bar. That's <laughs> those guys get paid the big bucks. It was super fun. Uh, but yeah, just testing the fire alarms all through the building all day. It was great times. Mm. So that was my day. Enough about that. It was it pretty busy over the weekend in your bars? It wasn't too bad, yeah. Thursday was busy at both bars as usual because everybody was off on Friday. And then Saturday was surprisingly good uptown, not so good downtown. I guess I should tell the listeners what I'm talking about here. Downtown Kitchener, got a Sugar Run Speakeasy. That's uh, You can find out what's going on there at Sugar Run Bar on Instagram. And Uptown Babylon Sisters Bar, also on Instagram at Babylon Sisters Bar. That's the Wine and Spirits Bar Uptown. So yeah, that one was surprisingly busy on pretty much throughout the weekend. Saturday was kind of dead at both spots, but uh, and then downtown only busy on Thursday. So I don't know. You can't you can predict this stuff anymore. Yeah, true. Yeah. But enough about us. Actually, one little thing. This is yeah. episode one hundred and fifty. Is that right? Look yes. at that. Who thought we'd make it? Yeah, it's quite quite the little landmark. Hmm. So that's pretty good. Well, it's good because we've done 150 episodes, and I think about a hundred of them have been pe- from with people from Phoenix, Arizona, <laughs> including today's episode with uh, Kendall's with Sydney Kendall, who's going to be enjoying us in just a minute. Before we get to her, we should mention that if you like what we're doing on the show, you should subscribe, rate, and review. That helps a great deal. Post a comment, whatever. Even say "fuck you," but five stars. That's uh, fine. <laughs> I, hear, I hear that all the time. Yeah. Where I go, most places. Except so for the five stars. Yeah, more like the two fingers. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And if you want to be a guest on the show, you can DM us directly at the Industry Podcast on Instagram, or you can email us, info at theindustrypodcast.club. Also a great place to reach out for sponsorship. Zach Hanna, Z-A-K-H-A-N-A-H dot C-O. is the man who does the Instagram artwork for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Check him out for all your graphic arts needs. I just saw him on the weekend, actually. He went through the bar. He is good, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't leave the house too much anymore because he's working from home all the time. So good to see you, Zach, if you're listening. And I think that's about all we need to talk about here. Episode 150, right? Correct. Episode 150 with Sydney Kendall joining us now. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing good. well. Thank doing you. Well. Yeah, thanks very much for coming on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an honor. Thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't know why it's worked out this way, but we have had a lot of guests from Phoenix, um, <laughs> including Elisa yeah, um, Dunn, who's like a recurring... Um, contributor to the show now. So talk to us a little bit about how you got started in the industry and how you ended up in Phoenix. Yeah, definitely. I 
So I started when I was 15. I worked for like a low income uh, job in like the Good Samaritan. It was a volunteer work um, in the kitchen. And then I also worked at a church and I did cooking there. And then we kind of floated around at restaurants and and just kind of worked in that area. And then I kind of worked my way up. Funny enough, when I was 16, I worked at McDonald's for two years, uh, fast food. I mean, I think that's what taught me to be so efficient and on my feet. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I worked for uh, my best friend's restaurant, the family restaurant. It's a Chicago style. Um, so everything was like call order. You had to, you know, tell the cook how many or how many burritos or how many gyros you needed. And then it was just like all on the fly. So that was pretty awesome. And then I really got into serving and the bar industry kind of through college. Um, and when I moved from, so Illinois to Nebraska, that's kind of where I transitioned more into like the serving bartending time. And, you know, I got into like the speakeasies, cocktail lounges, sports bars. So I kind of got a taste of everything as I got older. Got older so. And what, uh, sorry, what city in Nebraska were you living in? Lincoln. Lincoln. And why did you move there specifically? My mom. She oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's kind of where you're like real, you really started doing the bartending work? Yeah. Well, I started uh, bartending in Illinois um, at this small biker bar called Little Woody's. It was awesome. I, I had no idea how to open a beer, shake a cocktail, pour, even, even give a beer to a guest. And no one taught me at all. They were just, they just threw me behind there and was like, go ahead. And I think that's when I really felt that uncomfortable feeling of like, man, I would never want anybody to feel this way behind the bar, mm-hmm. you know? So as soon as I got to, you know, got my hands wet a little bit there, I end up really bartending way quicker speed, way faster industry. I'm in Lincoln, Nebraska, which they had one of the biggest sports bars there. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we've really talked to too many people from Nebraska. Right? No. Like, uh, so what's the, kind, what's the bar scene like in Lincoln? A lot of sports bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big college football town. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I worked at Barry's, which was a huge sports bar. They have four bars just in that whole location. So upstairs, downstairs and the back um, that had like a little private ice bar. So I got to pretty much go up and down through that place. It was awesome money. It was crazy hours. And then I went to another place across the street. I actually got to bar manage there, which was pretty cool. Um, I think that's when I really started understanding that I enjoyed how a drink looked and tasted. Mm. And I was like, man, I, I'm, I need a different direction, which then I started bar managing at a uh, martini lounge. So Okay. Uh, yeah, so sort of all over the place there. And then how did you end up in Phoenix? So pandemic. Right. Uh, I So in Nebraska, when all that went down, I had my mobile bartending business. And then I worked at two locations in Nebraska um, called Sebastian's Table and The Venue. Awesome, beautiful places. Um, but when everything shut down, you know, at the time, I ended up having to move in with my mom. And she had COPD and diabetes and stuff like that. So I really was not around people for eight months. And I was like, I like, I can't do this anymore, you know? So I knew that, uh, my twin brother was here. So I was like, okay, I had a little bit of that nice support. Um, but I was like, all right, I'm just going to move here. It was open. It was, Mm. it was one place open. So I was like, I need to go make money. I need to, you know, live my life and grow. And it it just wasn't going to be in Nebraska anymore. Right. So yeah, let's back up though a little bit there. You had your mobile bartending business in Lincoln. Talk to us a little bit about that. What, how did you get into and what made you decide to like to do a mobile bartending business? Cause that's kind of like, it's a, like 
not an easy business to get into the mobile bartending. Yeah. So I just realized that like all these people needed, they, well, they would ask me like, Hey, can you come, you know, bartend at, you know, so-and-so location. And I'd be like, yeah, but I don't have the tools or the resources necessary to even do this. Um, so I kind of was a little hesitant at first, but then I thought about it. I'm like, man, you know, what if I just created that? And, uh, which is how Kindle cocktails came and it, it's spelled with two K's. So, um, cocktails spelled the K. Uh, but when I had a really good friend of mine, make my website, make everything, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to see where this takes me. And it was pretty cool at first. Like, before it all ended, but it was, um, I had like a gym reach out to me where I got to bring this stuff. I got to bring my stuff there. I got to bartend just in that, in that setting. And then I had like some makeup artists having me bring them to their location. So it was like small, unique, um, locations I got to do instead of like weddings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. So like, but what made you decide to do it in the first place sort of? Oh yeah. You know, I just, didn't want to, I just didn't want to work for a boss. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, you know, I love that I could have a bit more control over what I created because it wasn't like I was making vodka sodas or anything like that. I was truly bringing craft cocktails to, to these places. Uh, so these guests can experience that. And I think that's what I loved about it. I could have full creativity and, you know, don't get me wrong where I worked, the two locations I worked, you know, I got, I got a little bit of creativity there, but it wasn't nowhere near of the control I, I really wanted. And so that was pretty awesome. And I got to, I got to, you know, experiment with all those things. And I was able to create my own menus and give options. And it was just mm -hmm. all my time. And I think that that freedom was so important to me. Right. So when you're going to like, are you getting booked at functions or whatever? Do you, are you tailoring the, what you do to the function? Or is it like you already have sort of, this is what I do. Do you want to book me? Like, how does that work? I tailored, I kind of did both. Like when I knew I did this gym, it was like a thirsty Thursday. You know, I knew that I, I couldn't do the craziest cocktails because you know they're all getting done working out so it had to be refreshing and citrus so it's i just kind of i mean i would ask the owner what he would like um but then i just adjusted really mm -hmm. right so that it seems to me like during the pandemic that would have been kind of a good business because most people were just having but no it's not so much no. Right? nebraska yeah. was completely shut down right yeah yeah but people weren't having like rogue private parties <laughs> no, but I, couldn't, I couldn't be around it just due to my yeah. mother. You know? Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. 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 So but, yeah, that really did kill you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I put yeah. a whole stop in my life, which is fine. You know, um, mm. it taught me a lot, which is how I got into my spiritual path. But it was a beautiful experience of eight months, but I was deprived of social, <laughs> social yeah. for sure. So when you moved to Phoenix, did you try and start it up again? Or were you, or like, I know you still have the like, candle cocktails, like on, presence on Instagram. So uh, like, are you still doing the mobile bartending or is that just more like of an Instagram bartending page now? Yeah, it turned into an Instagram bartending page. I, when I got here, you know, I, I realized that like, I just didn't have the network or the connections. And so it's kind of starting from scratch, literally from scratch. And I had nothing what I had in Nebraska. So I was just like, okay, well, you know, if I would to start this again, you know, I'm, I'm up for it, but you know, I was like, let me just get my hand. Let me just get my feet in here. Let me figure out, let me get connected. Let me network and then see if I really wanted to do it again. Mm -hmm. For yeah. sure. So, so what was the first job that you kind of landed when you moved there? Uh, Cashmere's. Oh, nice. <laughs> talk, yeah. to, talk to us about that spot. Um, it was a like 
they call it a jazz bar, but it was just more of like live music, um, speakeasy style. Uh, but it was dark and gloomy, but it was really fun. Like mm-hmm. the first three, four months, it was awesome. And uh, so having already the experience kind of creating your own menus and stuff for your own business, were you eager to sort of get back into doing more of that stuff once you got, uh, once you were working at in Phoenix or did you kind of have to work your way back up to menu creation, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, at Kashmir's, I got to have a cocktail or two on the menus, but it was nowhere near what I was doing. So I, I knew that I had to like somehow get back to it. I just didn't know how, mm-hmm. uh, which is, when I got, um, I reached out to 36 Below right before they were um, opening. And I was like, hey, you know, looking for a job, whatever. And um, had an interview, got into it pretty quickly. And I was there the first day. And I didn't even get to put a cocktail on the menu the first like seven seven months. Yeah. Which was really tough. Which was, I'm going to be honest, like me, I had to sit back and I had to, you know, let these people create and I had to sell it too. And that was really hard because don't get me wrong, awesome cocktails, but you know, my mind just works differently. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's sort of, it's always weird, right? When you start in a new spot, because you go from like, okay, you were a bar manager at one spot. You had your own business where you're creating your own cocktails. You're creating your own cocktails at bars you worked at. And now you're like sort of at the bottom of the totem pole, but you're not only doing that at, a new bar you're doing it in a completely different city so like yeah. literally nobody knows who you are absolutely um you know i think the most important thing that i did to even get where i am is i i not saying i put my head down but i just got to it i showed up a hundred percent every day like there was no i just did my job and i did it really well and whether it felt like i was in the background i showed up a hundred percent and i think that's what um really got me quickly as i did um where i'm at so I just, my, you know, my owners were always like, we didn't even like notice you kind of think. And I was like, yeah, but I just showed up every day. Mm-hmm. And so the catchers is a speakeasy type spot. Like, so you're obviously making lots of crap cocktails and what's like, what's the capacity of a place like that? Is it like high turnover cocktails or is it a smaller I mean, spot? I, yeah, it seats 33 people uh, and we do 90 minute rotation. So, I mean, oh. it's, you're cranking through there. So we have almost over 200 guests sometimes a night. Um, but yeah, we have to make everything efficient. So most of our cocktails, they're batched without the syrups or citrus, but um, we do have to be pretty quick. And we only have a nine cocktail menu. So, I mean, it's just got to be quick. But our one of our number one sellers is our dealer's choices. So you have to be very efficient and very creative to make these drinks on the fly because these people are coming in for uh, a cocktail that you can create, you know? Yeah, it's almost that one always makes me laugh. It's like you spend all this time creating this amazing cocktail list for the guests and they come in, they're like, we want something different and special just for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because I when I'm sitting with my team, I give them a template and I'm like, this is what the collective drinks like I, you know, citrus, tequila, smoky, like I'll go down the list. I mean, it gets a little bit more intricate than that, but they have to go off the spaces because this is what the collective drinks and this is that space. But it is really cool that they are creative enough and efficient to just make a cocktail just Mm -hmm. on the fly. And even though these people, you know, want to go off menu, it's like, they're excited. Like my, my team's excited. That's good. Yeah. It just sucks. The only time you no one's ever excited is like when you're really in the fucking weeds and then somebody's just like, I I remember I, I was working at one of my spots one night and these guys came in and then they used to come back and return every time. And they'd come when it was slow and they came the first night they came, it was slow. It was a group of like six of them. And the one be like, would be like, I want a cocktail with like 
this ingredient, this ingredient, this ingredient, go. And because we were slow, we we're like, okay, we'll play along with that. Like, what's the difference? We were just freshly open. Then they kept coming back and then we do the same shit, even when you were like three deep at the bar on a Saturday night. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, like six different cocktails with like random ingredients in them. And like, of course, because they didn't know anything about bartending, the ingredients didn't even make sense, right? Like, it'd be like, I want something that's like mint and tar. Like, or like savory yeah. and citrus. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, that's funny because when I was really behind the bar and doing the doing the dealer's choices, I would have guests come in and you would get like six at a time, dealer's choices. And then it would be the guests that would order it and they'd be like, I want the same cocktail. And I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the whole table, this one time, this whole table ordered the same cocktail from the previous guy. And I was like... Yeah, I have no idea what I did. Yeah, that's the worst one. It's like I was here last week and Mike made me this. I'm like, well, Mike's not fucking here, so <laughs> that one always cracks me up. It's like that's great. I'm not Mike. <laughs> yeah, now yeah. it's funny because like when I randomly jump in at 36, because um, I'll be at all the locations, there are guests that will be like we've been waiting for you. And like, can you make us a drink? And I'm like, man, I haven't made a dealer's choice on the fly. And I don't know how long, but okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's so it's, right back into it. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about your job there now. So you started at what was it called? 36 below. below. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's like, that's the first bar that you worked at in this like collective of bars and restaurants that you're now working for. Uh, mm-hmm. And so how did you end up sort of in the position you are right now and describe to our listeners what that position is? Yeah. So I'm the beverage director of True Color Concepts. So I oversee 36 Below, the Rose Garden, and then Ossip and Coffee locations. And then we're opening up two more locations. Um, But I started at 36 Below, like I said, kept my head down, got to work. Um, And then as people started being removed from the space, you know, it was kind of that time of like, okay, I should probably like step up a little, you know, which was fine. Um, But the, the most like... The number one thing that really pushed me forward was the support from my owners. I don't think I would even have taken this position if it wasn't for my owners. You know, they're the whole way through. um, They were very supportive and they were just like, you can do it. Like you are so creative and we really want you to have this position. And it was like for four months, I was being asked to be the beverage director because we were expanding. And, you know, a little bit previously from that though, I did management, but I told them, I was like, you know, right now I just want a little bounce with my, um, my life of like my spiritual work, breath work, meditation. And then I, I needed to bounce with my bartending. So, and I needed energy for both. So I was doing like three days on four days off. So before that I kind of took my time and then for four months, you know, my owner's like, you can do it, Kendall. We believe in you. Like, we really want you to have this position. Like you're the only person for this job. And I didn't really like believe it, you know, because I was like, man, what what do I want? Mm-hmm. Truly, what what is for me? So I remember I did my first menu, and I think this is where that that confidence came from because I haven't done one in a in a long time. And for thirty six below, you have to be creative, a whole different type of creative. And when I did my first menu, I was like, oh gosh, I actually did this. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, I really can do this, and. Then my owner stepped to me and he was just like, look, like you proved to yourself, you are capable. And, and he was like, I really want to give you this job and offer me, offered me it one more time. And I was like, okay, I didn't even, it was the first time I didn't even second guess myself. I was like, okay, 
I'm going to do it. And this was a lot easier than I thought it was. And I challenged myself, but it still was just this easy process. And I was in control and I had the freedom. And the best thing is that I was able to give my, my team the, that creative freedom. Mm-hmm. And I had, and I had that support. Like, it wasn't like nobody was telling me, no, like you can't right. do this, you can't do that. It was just literally me. So now that I took the position, you know, I still have that loving support, but it's like, it's not like I know exactly what I'm doing, but <laughs> none of us do, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'm just doing it. And so if I can provide them the love and support and the creative freedom that I was given, then why not do the job? Right. So like I, we've talked to quite a few people who've been like beverage directors over multiple spots, like describe to our, and everyone's, everyone's job's a little bit different because it depends on the company you're working for. Right. So like you were saying, sometimes you still jump on the bar at some of these places. Like what, what's like an average day for you about, like, is it, is it always different? Are you doing cocktail creation for all the places? Are you bartending often? Like talk to us a little bit about what you're doing on day to day. Yeah. So I'm about five minutes five months in. So my day to day is like, honestly, like a lot of, a lot of like paperwork, I'm doing the back end stuff. So a lot of tastings. Oh my goodness. So many tastings. The weekend is kind of get where it gets hectic. It's still, you know, I'm still jumping in and just assisting, just showing my team that like, I'm still here and I'm still ready to get down and do the job with you. Um, fill in. And, uh, yeah, so it's kind of like, it's a little, like scattered kind of what I'm, what I'm being asked to do. Like, like right now, um, 36 below menu is being put out this week. When I was sipping coffee locations, it was put out next week. Um, the Rose Gardens menu was put out two months ago. So it's almost like this never ending process of just paperwork and meetings and tastings, you know, the tastings are at least the best part. Yeah, <laughs> they are. I have some awesome reps, you know, so I, I love it, but the thing about it is that 36 below we change four times a, um four times a year. So mm-hmm. that's a constant process. As soon as I get this menu out, we're starting again. Right. So, the rose garden right now I'm doing twice a year and sip I'm doing twice twice a year and then as we're doing these new locations um in the next few weeks I'll have to focus on those. It can so, be a little hectic too, right? Like so if you're doing and like when you describe it to people who aren't in the industry it's like oh I just doing cocktail tasting all day they're like oh great fucking job but the one thing is like you got to pick these cocktails for all these bars and like if you're doing so many back-to-back so often the the shit can run into each other a little bit too right like oh yes like you know when i was doing um 36 below and the rose garden at the same time which was four months ago or like yeah three four months ago i it was like at the same time so my staff on each end i had to bring them into all of our r&d's like together consistently. I mean, that made that easy on me, but it was just like back to back. And and then like, you know, three months later, we're doing the same thing with 36 below. And it was just like now sipping coffee um, locations. So I'm still doing cocktails and smoothies. So it's like this, it's just a constant process. And mm-hmm. um, I haven't like really had a break yet, which is cool, you know? Um, but I told my owners right after this, I'm like, but after I put out these two menus, I'm taking a vacation because I yeah. You know, you need this creative flow to stay and mm-hmm. it's, I need to like get away so I can see things and taste things, you know, to have yeah. a great flow. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like, so when you're doing as beverage director, are you like hands-on involved in creating any cocktails anymore? Or is it more like you're just helping 
sort of shape a cocktail when you go to try and be like, okay, we could, we can improve on this, this way or whatever. Yeah. So I get to, I do both. So I, I think it's really cool that like, I'll do a cocktail on each menu, either one or two. Um, but I really try to make sure my staff has all that creative freedom. But for me to kind of stay in this lane, I have to just be on a menu. It's like, not, I have to be on this menu, but I have to stay in this flow. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, let me just put a cocktail on the menu. Just, you know, see if I still got it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I get to do both. But most importantly, I make sure that my staff has or gets what they want. Well, it's important too, because like I I can just from personal experience, like I don't, I'm not involved in any of that stuff anymore at my places, but and it, it shows like not only would I be completely unqualified to put a cocktail on any of the menus of my places anymore, but also you kind of lose a little bit with the tasting. Like <laughs> you, you do, like you're just kind of like, I'm like, I think this is good, but like, is it up to the power of what I'm used to? Like, I can't even really tell anymore unless you're out drinking cocktails all the time and, and constantly creating them. Right. Yeah. You know, that's funny. Cause when, um, like last week I was in there and I was helping bar back and, um, we're just kind of got short staff for a second, but these guests came up to me and they're like, we want you to make us a drink. And I was like, okay. So when <laughs> I did, I was like, man, this don't taste right. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Why? Like this, I'm doing it right. Why does why doesn't this taste right? So, and then I went to my bartender Mickey. I'm like, what's going on? And I was like, you're gonna have to do do this right now because I don't know <laughs> why I can't get this down right now. So, it's like I'll have that little hiccup, but I think it just humbles me a little bit because I'm like, okay, I still need to, <laughs> I need to yeah. stay on top of it. You do. It's like it's one of those things we talk about it all the time on the show. It's like kind of like learning a language or playing tennis. If you're not practicing it all the time, then you do lose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it is nice though that like 36 below, you know, I do all the presentations and the garnishes, but like when my bartenders, when they bring me drinks, I'm like, man, these are so creative. And like, when I'm trying them, I'm like, like, it's easier for me to shift their cocktail and to create what the collective wants. And then also what they're wanting and what they're seeing. But, um, like it's easier for me to do that than to like create at this point, but I need to, like, like I said, I have to stay in that constant flow. So yeah, trying to do both. So is that sort of why you're keeping the Instagram page going? So you could like, are you're constantly creating through that venue as well? Or like, I don't even know how you have time to do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know, it's kind of nice that like my team, they like, they tag me and stuff. So it's kind of like that. What is it? Like where we get to just, they tag me. So it's on both of our pages, you know? Right. So yeah, it, that, that page is really just for like all the people that's kept up with me that like, like right. I'm still creating. And also it's kind of the outlet too, that I can go on and look at my own creations and see like what I've done. And, um, and then also support my team. Cause like, I'll put my team's cocktail on there. So it's kind of just a, it's a win-win on there. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Tell us, tell us a little bit about the, uh, your other like full-time job, which is the breathing and meditation. I don't know anything about meditation. I'm a pretty familiar with breathing (laughs) but tell us what that's all about and what you're doing there yeah so i teach breathwork and meditation um i do one-on-one sessions or group sessions um i really got into it during the pandemic i've always been a little bit more like curious about that side of work so when i started breathwork i just really realized that the breath is important and yes we do daily breathe um but when we sit in silence and connect to our breath i mean it's the most beautiful space to be in. 
And like, I got to realize what that has done for me. And it's, it's awesome because I've got to use this work into the industry. If it wasn't for this, I wouldn't be as calm as I am. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to respond the way that I do to my team or give them the space that they need. So, um, but my breathwork and meditation, they come in hand in hand with each other. So I'll like go through some deep breathing. Um, we'll go through kind of, you know, um, counts. And then I'll go into certain types of meditations, like a heart math meditation, which I'll align your mind and your heart together. It gets usually emotional for people because they, they normally are not in that space. We're both aligned. Um, and then I'll go into a visual meditation, which is normally for beginners. So it's very playful. Um, you get to like see colors and animals, water, um, and then I'll kind of take them back to themselves and fill their body and um, just align themselves with their, with their breath. And it's, it's a beautiful experience. And yeah, so I've got to do my first wellness event last weekend, which was a cool experience. But for right now, a lot of it's just one-on-one. Mm, interesting. So like, I'm kind of curious, like it's hard it's, getting any business off the ground is tough enough. And this is like a very specific thing where you're kind of like, I don't know how to describe this properly, but like you're trying to convince people that they need something that they don't understand why they need it. Right. Like <laughs> it's more of like, I could tell people like, look, the breath is important. And mm. you can tell me like, Oh yeah, of course, breathing it's air. Yeah. Um, but really when people seek they will find. And that's where I come in of like, I'm just the vessel, the moment of a catalyst to sling you forward of like what you could be looking for. And so, you know, I try not to be attached to the outcome of someone's experience, but when someone does come to me, which is normally how it works, you know, I just tell them, you know, it, at first it's about like how they receive. So if I tell them, Hey, I do breathwork meditation. And if they're seeking that they have questions, that's kind of how this really gets started. And so they usually see what they're needing. And I have to be able to discern to see what they're needing to receive from me. Um, And that's just a, yeah, it's a really unique process, but it is very hard because not everyone wants to go inwards. Not everyone Mm -hmm. wants to deal with themselves and their emotions. So I say, Hey, I have a space. Um, I'll hold the space for you if you're ever willing to do this work, but um, consistently too. But if not, you're one and done, then that's totally fine. Uh, but it is very hard to, first of all, get people to consistently do the work. Um, and then, because most people sound good. They're like, oh, I want to do it. And I, I, yeah, of course I'm going to call you, but I just can't be attached to that outcome. Right. So. Because like what, if I'm getting this properly and pardon my ignorance, cause I really don't know anything about it. That um, is like, okay. You like in order to get to the point where you need to get to, you have to keep coming back, right? Yes. Okay. So it's not like a one-time thing where it's like, I've taught you how to breathe in this fashion. I've taught you how to meditate. Now go do it. It's like, no, the work continues. Absolutely. And it just depends, like I said, what they're really seeking because, you know, I do trauma work. um, I do stillness. I do visualizations. So for... I always say like your first session is kind of this uh, like aha moment. It's the catalyst. It's like you get to choose truly if you want to do this, if you really want to work on yourself. And it's just really interesting watching people because I know that they want to do it. You can feel it. You can feel it in the moment with someone. You can sitting across from them. They want to work on it. But when they step out of this space, your humanness comes up. The world is around you. It's distracting. Mm -hmm. You know, 
So you get stuck right back into it until you're ready to do it again, until you're ready to create a habit of it. Mm. Is this like something that you have like a studio or an office where people come and do it one in one-on-one or are you doing it over Zoom a lot? Like, how, like I'm just curious about the whole process. Yeah. So I could do it a few ways. I can go to somebody's space. Um, I usually prefer my own space due to the energy that's in here. It's easier for me to like align myself because it's very calm zenful. Um, I like to do it outside. So it's really what people are kind of open to, but I have to use my discernment if it's safe for me to do it in someone else's space. Sure. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. The, I am looking forward to owning my own space and doing more group sessions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you find that like, cause I always think about like, for instance, therapists, right? Like listening to trying to get people to talk about their issues all day, which is not the same as what you do, but it's in a similar vein where you're trying to get people to open up to a new possibility of self-examination, right? So like, I always feel like that's got to be mentally and spiritually draining for therapists. Do you find that you have that issue? To a certain extent, it is very important for me to recharge. It's very important for me to disconnect from someone. You know, if you ever, um, if you ever had a connection with someone where you could feel them, right. You know, what's wrong with them. You could feel it in your stomach, um, family member, maybe, you know, um, a friend that's a, that's an energy connection. And so when I'm connecting with someone in that space, I have to, my intention has to be to connect and my intention has to be disconnect. But let's say I did like five, six, seven, eight a day sessions. It's that let alone will be draining. It's inevitable because you're exerting that type of energy by just channeling, you know, the divine or energy, whatever you want to, and you're connecting with someone and their energy. So it's just this constant process, but I mean, it just depends on the day or how many clients I do have, but Overall, if I don't do the necessary work to recharge, to sit with myself, to do my work, then it will become draining. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So you mentioned earlier how it's helped you, like in your job to calm you down or whatever. So is this something you would specifically recommend to people who work in the service industry? Absolutely. I mean, I guess you probably recommend it to anybody, but... (laughs) So the industry, it's one of the most spontaneous jobs. Mm -hmm. It's the most self-learning job, I truly believe, because you're having these interactions with humans day-to-day, in-and-out conversations, and you can choose to see everything as a mirror. And so as you're going about these spontaneous responses, like high-stress situations, how someone responds to you, how a guest or your your, um, coworker responds to you, you have to be able to come back and center yourself because, or, you know, that you'll just get pissed off and, you know, fuck all of you. And you don't know, you can't even do your job correctly because you're just now tunneled vision. And now you're sitting in your own anger. Right. And the more that I do this work, I was able to just, Oh, they're mad. Okay. That's okay. That's had nothing to do with me. And my response is most important. And I still have a job to do and I have to do it hundred percent. And it's also important that if I'm going to be this leader, that my team can see that and then they can, they can adjust themselves and they can learn from that. And, and it was just, it's a, it's a beautiful experience once you really tap into that because you get to see how the room changes. You can right. see how your team changes. And I think that that's why 36 below has succeeded amazing, amazingly with that staff because they got to, you know, we get to have these conversations and they get to learn and understand, you know, about their spontaneous responses. Yeah. And finding a way to calm yourself in high stress situations, like 
How is that not great for our industry, right? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I would, yeah, I would recommend it to everybody. And, you know, I've even had some awesome people reach out to me of doing group breathwork meditations with their bartenders. And I was like, absolutely. Like, let me know. I would love that. Yeah, that's perfect. It's a great synergy for your two businesses. So that, that sounds like the per- you should almost have a separate side of your business marketed just to service industry. <laughs> that would probably work for you. Yeah. yeah, I should probably do that. Just- yeah, like consulting to other bars and restaurants for meditation and uh, breathing. Yeah. That's a great idea. I'm going to shout you out when that happens. All right. Well, yeah, just footnote me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was super fascinating. Tell us, um, tell our listeners where they can follow you on Instagram and where they can get a hold of you to do this important meditation and breathing work. Yeah. So you can hit me up on Kindle Cocktails with two Ks or my meditation and breathwork pages, The Catalyst Experience. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Kendall. That was awesome conversation. It was super fascinating. I'm very interested in getting into both sides of what you do. And uh, it sounds like you're going to be super successful. So thanks for joining us today. And uh, to our listeners, we'll try and get off the Phoenix train soon. But uh, there's just so many pe- good people doing great work in Phoenix, I guess. So <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. It was an honor. And let me know if you guys ever want a session. Okay. <laughs> Will do. Thanks, Kendall. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thank Kendall. You.